When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I right, appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the show. Lakers talk tonight. Um, like Morales, uh, Chris Morales mentioned right there. Uh, kind of weave in and out. Um, obviously, uh, we'll talk Lakers basketball. Spent most of the day um, talking about DeMar Hamlin and uh, – Situation obviously, uh, uh, a lot has gone on over the last 24 hours or so. It's kind of interesting. I mentioned this uh, this morning when I was doing the show with uh, Travis. Um, when I was doing, we're doing the Laker game, the Laker broadcast, and all this was, you know, kind of happening simultaneously. Lakers had an early game yesterday against Charlotte. I want to say four o'clock tip off. So um, when uh, the incident occurred in Cincinnati. Uh, the Laker game was going on, so we were just kind of getting some bits and pieces of information, but a lot of what was happening was, um, you know, almost you can call it behind the scenes for us because we are doing the game. And um, uh, like I mentioned, anything, if we get any information or anything um, happens that we'll share, then I'll, I'll break some of this Laker stuff that I'm doing, and we'll go directly to that, and we'll continue uh share any new information that comes in. Um Trevor Lane is going to join in about a half hour or so, so he'll come on the show. I'm going to spend a little bit of time in today's show just talking about where the Lakers sit today, um, five and five without Anthony Davis, which is kind of remarkable, to be honest with you, how the Lakers are still hanging around this playoff picture. Um, LeBron James turned 38 on Friday and is playing basketball like he's 28 years old, um, so I want to really just kind of look at some of the other greats over the years that were in their 20th season and put a little perspective of um, what LeBron is doing at this stage of his career. We also got a chance on Friday to hear from Anthony Davis and, uh, you know, that uh, that that road to recovery to, to try to come back and see if he could help the Lakers for a playoff push. And then I got some NBA stories that are just remarkable what's happened around the league here. Some of the different stats from individual players, whether it's Luka or Donovan Mitchell yesterday. Incredible what's been happening around the NBA, so we'll do a little bit of that. Um, so like I mentioned, Lakers 5-5 uh, five and five since Anthony Davis went out. Uh, if you guys remember, Anthony Davis got injured against the Denver Nuggets. Lakers were kind of in the heart of their really difficult schedule in December. If you guys remember, 12 of 16 games that the Lakers played in December were all out on the road. And when Anthony Davis went down with his injury, and, you know, it's safe to say that Anthony Davis was having as good of a run as we've seen AD as a Los Angeles Laker. Yes, the Lakers won a championship in 2020. Yes, it was in Orlando, and AD was as important as any player on that team. But he's really gone through a stretch. He's 35 and 17, it seemed like we were talking about on a night-in, night-out basis. AD goes with goes down with that injury. And I, I don't know how most Laker fans felt. I remember doing uh, one of the games with Michael. And I want to say it was before the Lakers were taking on the Orlando Magic. So it was after the Dallas Mavericks game. And I'm kind of trying to explain Michael. Michael, I don't know how they're going to win without Anthony Davis. I really don't. Um and here they are, you know, 10 games with Anthony Davis being gone. Lakers found a way to go 3-2 and two on that road trip against the um, – against the uh, or, or that five-game road trip that they had. Lost against Dallas, beat Orlando. Lost against Miami, beat Atlanta, and beat Charlotte, beat Charlotte yesterday. It's pretty remarkable that the Lakers are kind of still in the mix here. And um, – you know, I don't want to sound too dramatic. The team is 16 and 21. I'm not, you know, trying to sit here and justify where the Lakers are sitting and trying to explain that, hey, it's okay where they're at and everything else. I think we all had some optimism coming into this season, especially when Anthony Davis was playing as good as he was. But I got to be honest, I, I did not expect the Lakers. You go look at the NBA standings right now, Lakers are sitting at 16 and 21. Um, 
they're right there to be in this playing tournament. And there's still a lot of basketball left. And, uh, you know, what, what the Lakers can do over the next 30 days will probably dictate it more. And what happens with some of these other squads that are in front of them, that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, but I, I kind of find it remarkable that the Utah Jazz are 19-20. and 20, And 19-20 and 20 has them at the 10th spot in the Western Conference. They've lost four games in a row. They're down nine right now at the half against the Sacramento Kings. By the time today's all said and done, you could have the Lakers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Utah Jazz, and the Oklahoma City Thunder all with 21 losses looking at that number 10 spot. And I would not have thought that was realistic if you told me that a couple weeks ago. Um, And like I mentioned, three and two on that road trip and five and five since Anthony Davis went out. Now, how are the Lakers still hanging around? Um, If you've not been watching much Lakers basketball lately, I'll do my best to try to update you. But it's impossible not to see and appreciate that when AD went down, who was playing as good as basketball as anybody in the NBA, LeBron James basically just decided, and I'm going to put age to the side for a quick second because that's a different conversation and that's a different topic. But what LeBron has done, basically, since Anthony Davis went down, you could actually go back and just look at the entire month of December. Uh, I'll share it with you. You know, uh, Mike Trudell does three things to know, and he does it before every single Lakers game, and it's on Lakers.com, and it's always great information. Um, Before the game yesterday against Charlotte, Bron was doing this specifically, or I'm sorry, um, Trudell was doing this specifically on what LeBron's numbers were in the month of December. LeBron James in December averaged 31 points a game, 7.5 rebounds, 7 assists, shot 54% from the field. That's what LeBron did in the month of December. And um, that's not me including what he did yesterday, which was another 43 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. And that's not including, well, actually it is including LeBron's, obviously his performance, the 47-10-9 that LeBron had uh, in Atlanta on Friday night. The Lakers are hanging around simply because LeBron James has been just incredible. Incredible. There's no other way to explain it. You know, um, getting a chance to listen to John and Michael on the broadcast, there aren't too many times... This is a perfect example. Yesterday, um, there was a play, and I think it was Dennis Schroeder threw an alley-oop to uh, LeBron, and really the setup wasn't all that good, and LeBron was kind of under the basket, and he gets a reverse alley-oop. And John trying to explain that, um, that, that here's LeBron at this age still doing highlights where he looks like he's 28 years old. I, I can't really comprehend it or understand what he's doing, but I'll put that to the side for a second. It stuck, it stuck out to me after the win against the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. They were kind of wrapping up the broadcast and going to throw it to me in the post game. And Michael is basically, you know, Michael's never a loss of words. Michael always has an opinion, always has a strong opinion. And he said, and I brought this up to Michael yesterday. I'm like, Michael, it's one of the first times I thought you were speechless where I couldn't really, it didn't seem like you knew what to say or what to compare it to or what LeBron James is doing and trying to put it in perspective to other players who are in their 20th year in the NBA. So I wanted to I wanted to do this because I think it's interesting and I do think it, it offers some perspective. Um, LeBron turned 38 on Friday. He's in his 20th season in the NBA. He's played 266 playoff games on top of this being his 20th season. And just to give you an idea what 266 playoff games mean, it means it's three additional seasons uh, and some. Three additional seasons and change, all right? So about three and a quarter additional seasons is what LeBron James has done just in playoff games on top of the 20 years that he's already played, or this is his 20th season in the NBA. So I, I was looking, and I'm, you know, I just kind of had some curiosity because we keep saying it. We keep saying, you know, Kareem at in his 20th year, um, it didn't look like this. Well, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't specifically watching Kareem. For me, Kobe's a better example. Jordan's a better example. Tim Duncan's a better example. But I, I, I went out and, and looked at some of these stats, and uh, mind you. 
what LeBron James is doing right now, what his stats are right now in his um, 20th season in the NBA. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I want to also kind of point out, it's not an ideal situation for the Lakers. You'd rather have, rather have Anthony Davis in there, and really what you'd be looking for and hoping for is that LeBron's numbers are lower, and he doesn't have to have so much of the burden on his back, um, but he doesn't have a choice. He had a quote saying, you know, I was scoring 30, but that wasn't enough, so I decided to score 40. Well, he's, you know, whether joking around or not, I think that's kind of the only way the Lakers can win. But if you look at players in their 20s, Kareem in his 20th season in the NBA, and LeBron right now is 29-8-7, you can call it. 29-8-7 is what LeBron is averaging on a night-in, night-out basis. Compare that to Kareem in his final season. Kareem was this. It's it's a little. It's it's not fair to this extent. Kareem in his final year was forty one years old, right? So, uh, but it was his twentieth season. But he came into the NBA. Obviously, he was winning all his uh, championships at UCLA. Um, at forty one in his twentieth season, was averaging ten points a game. I'd rather just go to when he was thirty eight years old. When he was thirty eight which, you know, Kareem still played three years after his 38th birthday, 23 points a game for him and six rebounds. It kind of just gives you a little bit of perspective. Kobe in his final year. Remember, Kobe played 20 years in the NBA. Kobe in his final season was averaging 28 minutes a game. Um, 28 minutes a game. Braun is averaging, by the way, uh, 36 minutes a game right now. That's where Braun is sitting. And Kobe in his final year, 17 points. 3.7 rebounds, just under three assists a game, just puts it in perspective. It's uh, it's crazy to see Braun doing what he's doing at this stage of his career, at this age. And I, I, I would just say this to Laker fans. You want the Lakers to obviously win more games. The hope is that the Lakers do stack up some wins and Anthony Davis comes back and they're in playoff contention. Of course that's the hope. That's everybody's hope. But in the meantime... Just enjoy one of the greatest that's ever done it, and, and hopefully, um, you know he's going to get that opportunity again to do it in the playoffs. But go look at Kareem, go look at Kobe, go look at Jordan, go look at Tim Duncan. Uh, Tim Duncan at age 39 was playing 25 minutes per game, averaging eight and a half points, seven rebounds. It was basically his farewell tour. And here's Braun putting up numbers as good as anybody in the league, literally as good as anybody in the league. You can go say Jokic and Tatum and and uh, and uh, and Luca completely, a hundred percent. But Braun is still a top ten player in the NBA at age 38. Is insane to me. Um, okay, we uh, we had a chance on uh, Friday to hear from Anthony Davis. So AD is uh gave a little bit of an update of how he's doing and his health. I kind of want to walk through a little bit of a timetable there of when we could expect Anthony Davis back, at least our best estimated guess. Um, and then a, a lot of the chatter has quieted down about a Laker trade. Uh, should we read too much into that, or is, uh, is the silence maybe make it more likely? Uh, we'll do all that coming up next. So appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Again, Trevor Lane coming up here at 730. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, uh, Lakers got a game uh, coming up tomorrow against the Miami Heat. Um, 
you know, a good example here. These last, I'd say, 24 hours or so, man, it really does put things in perspective when it comes to sports. Here we are cheering on for our team and, um, you know, for for all those who uh, and we've done as best as we possibly can to default, uh, to follow the DeMar Hamlin um, just the the latest on the news and continued prayers for him who remains in hospitalized and in critical condition um, went into cardiac uh, cardiac arrest uh, on the field yesterday in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. Uh, but it puts in perspective. You know, we watch these games and we 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 bitch and complain about players and this and um, you know uh, this player is not doing this and it's almost like we forget that. They're such unbelievable athletes and at the absolute top of everything that they do, um, we forget that, you know, anything can happen in life and you can't take any of that stuff for granted. I'm going to play a quick clip here. Um, LeBron yesterday post game, and I mentioned, you know, we were doing the broadcast when um, all of this was going on, the Monday night football game. I want to play this clip from LeBron who, as best as he can with the knowledge that he had yesterday, was addressing the situation. Take a listen. I've seen the play, but I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, my, my thoughts and, and super prayers goes up to the skies above for that kid's family, for him, for you know that brotherhood of the NFL and everybody a part of the NFL family. It's definitely the right call by either whoever made that call, Roger, Roger Goodell, or whoever had an opportunity, to, the authority to make that call to suspend that. Uh, the safety of our of players in, in all sports is always the most important. So, you know, it's a, it was a terrible thing to see. And, and I wish, uh, you know, nothing but the best for that kid, uh, for the city uh, of Buffalo, for the franchise of the Bills, um, and like I said, for the rest of the NFL too as well, and also the Bengals that was there, um, and, you know, playing in that game. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the NFL. I'm a huge fan of football. And, you know, you, you never want to see anything like that happen, um, even in that, the type of competition that they're playing in. All right, I'm sure uh, you know tomorrow this will be even you know more of a conversation. Lakers taking on the Heat tomorrow, so now that people have had at least some of the players have had an opportunity to uh, get the full scoop of what was going on. Uh, but that was Bron yesterday um, in regards to uh, Demar Hamlin. I, I mentioned this, and I'd be actually curious to see what the um, um, what the total is now, but. DeMar Hamlin has a GoFundMe, and it's crazy earlier today, and I think he started this GoFundMe back in college, um, but it's crazy kind of watching this thing over the course of the day. So he has this uh, foundation, the Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive, and I remember um, somebody was saying, I think it was late yesterday, like, wow, they're getting close to a million dollars being raised to support this foundation and to support a toy drive for DeMar's local community. And uh, I'm watching it go up. And I think by the time I left the station earlier today, it was like $4.6 million had been raised. It's at 5.7 now, 193,000 donations. So uh, shows you the power of sports, shows you the power of people who are incredibly sympathetic, and we know how important sports are to everybody. For a lot of people, I think it's an escape. And you know, I think this puts a, a lot of stuff into perspective. Um, I don't have the uh, the best uh, transition here, but I, I will do my best since this is Lakers talk. Um, I, I mentioned this that uh, I mentioned that Anthony Davis. Um, there was a you can call it an update. It was the first time he got a chance to address. I didn't do Lakers talk last week, just with the holidays and everything. First time he got a chance to kind of address to reporters his injury. Uh, he said that he had gone through. I want to say five different opinions on his uh, foot and what he was going to do or on his leg and, and kind of the idea and the concept um, to try to see if, okay, what, what are all the options? Are we 100% sure what we're seeing here, uh, the right foot stress injury? And um, I want to play something from Anthony Davis kind of talking about where he is and not really giving a timetable but giving somewhat of an update. I think the next step is um, is healing right now. Um, I don't want to use like timetables and because then if you don't meet that timetable, it's a whole different thing. But it's 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 healing um, pretty quickly. Um, 
So I, when I get back to uh, when we get back to LA and do another imaging, uh, another image of the foot and see how far it is um, healed. You know, since the last time I did it, which was 22nd, I think. Or 23rd, 22nd, I think it was the 22nd. Um, to kind of see, you know, and then the two-week period going into week three. So, um, and it's really just about, you know, pain. Uh, the pain's still there. I still feel it a little bit. Um, not as much as I did before. Uh, more like two, you know, traded down to one. Um, been lifting. Lifting is fine. Like, everything I do in the weight room is fine. Um, then once I, if I see that it's healed, you know, properly and, and, and um, enough where I can go and start ramping up on the court, you know, um, then we'll start that process. All right, that's uh, Anthony Davis from Friday. So, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about this and trying to, as best as I can. We, we don't have a timetable, and he doesn't want to give a timetable because – you know, those dates can move and why set up expectations and potentially not meet those expectations. So I think it's actually smart for him to just leave it alone. Hey, I'm at a pain tolerance of two right now. It's it's only improving. It's getting better. Um, the Lakers arrived back to Los Angeles today. So, um, you know, they'll get more tests and kind of see where they are on all that. Uh, but they were gone for what it was almost two weeks or so on this five-game road trip that they were on, and they didn't fly back yesterday after the Charlotte game. They flew back today. So with all that in mind, I think it's, you know, obviously great that he's feeling better. I still, th- it sounds like we still got, you know, some some ways to go here before Anthony Davis comes back, and I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. I, I think there is a process here that at some point Anthony Davis is going to be, even though the pain is um, subsided tremendously is the quote that he used. Let's put that to the side for a quick second. At one point, AD is going to go back to, okay, hey, I can get back to on-court activity. That's hurdle number one, or you know, you call it hurdle number five compared to where he started with. But that he's going to at some point get to on-court activity. And then once that happens, it's but it will be no contact. And then it's going to be, all right, uh, he's able to do some drills. And then there's some three-on-three, and there's some five-on-five. And then it's, okay, hey, we are looking at a date that Anthony Davis is going to come back and play in a game against a real squad. And then I think at that point, if you think Anthony Davis is going to come back and he's going to get back to 34-17 and a game, I think you're crazy to think that, right? Like that's going to – something that's going to take some time. It's going to be a process by no stretch of the imagination – are you going to expect that right out the gate? I think it is going to take time. But I think that, you know, that also kind of puts it into perspective that um, Anthony Davis, even if AD is back on the floor in a couple weeks for the Lakers, I had, I had saw something that, you know, maybe mid-January could be a target. But again, I, I don't want to shoot any timetable out there because he's not giving a timetable out, nor, there, nor are the Lakers, so why would we? Um, but to get back to that form, to get back to the type of basketball that he was playing, that's what you know, I, I kind of I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around. It, it wasn't just Anthony Davis on the floor giving the Lakers 22 and nine. It was Anthony Davis playing as good as basketball as anybody in the NBA. So when we can see that again, and if we can see that again from Anthony Davis this year, I, I think becomes the bigger question. And even though the Lakers have been able to keep their head above water, like I said, playing 500 basketball without him, come on now, that's that's incredibly impressive. Um, they, they beat Denver, beat Washington, then lost four in a row, and now have won three of their last four, so that's how they're at this 500 spot. Um, but I will tell you that you know most of those wins that they had were against teams that are not in the playoff picture that are below 500, and these next six games for the Lakers, it's a good example. These are all playoff teams. They got Miami coming up tomorrow, Atlanta, who I know is a couple games below 500, but they are technically a playoff team at the moment, Sacramento, Denver, Dallas, Philadelphia. So they got some really good teams coming up. And, you know, the hope is is that Bron is doing what he's doing, and it's been incredible kind of watching what he's been able to do. But at the same time, um, you know, they're obviously going to need a healthy Anthony Davis back at some point. And I don't know when that date is going to be, but um, 
you can kind of keep that all in mind when you start look, thinking of the Lakers and you kind of start thinking over this next 30 days, when AD actually comes back and will he look like he did before he went out with that injury, which we know was uh, as good as basketball as anybody in the league. Okay, um, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is uh, coming up next. Always enjoy having Trev on, talking Lakers basketball with him. So we'll do that coming up next. Thank you for being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I appreciate you guys uh, being a part of the show. Lakers got a game coming up uh, tomorrow against the Miami Heat. They're going to start a uh, six-game road trip uh, coming up here shortly. I want to welcome in, uh, I'm sorry, they're going to start a uh, six-game run here where they're playing against teams all in uh, the playoff hunt. I um, want to welcome in uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Uh, Trev, uh, appreciate the time, buddy. Uh, happy New Year to you, and uh, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. Oh, no problem, Alan. Happy New Year to you as well, and, uh, and thank you for having me. I'm going to start out. This is going to be a little bit of a curveball, but I'll, I'll throw it out. You know, obviously, the conversation over the last 24 hours, um, everything has been about DeMar Hamlin and, um, you know, uh, just a, a really unfortunate situation and his condition, stone critical condition. I, I know for you, you're as big of a sports fan as they come. And uh, even though you kind of specialize in the NBA and the Lakers, um, it, it's just crosses all sports and I just want to kind of get your thoughts on just kind of the perspective that it puts things in here we are um, analyzing games and watching games and you know I'm, I'm sure on a weekly basis you're doing fantasy football and you're doing this and uh, we find things to complain about and you know something like yesterday happens and I think it it, it takes sports and it just puts it in a whole different light um, what what is what has kind of the last 24 hours been like for you yeah, 100%, Alan. I mean, that happened while the game was on. Uh, last night I was doing the, the play-by-play of the game, and so uh, of the Lakers game. And so as that, that, that situation occurred, it was, I mean, it definitely took my attention away from, you know, everything that was going on, even in, in the post-game show that we did. If you listen to the Lakers Nation podcast, I talked about it. said, you know, this is, um, it's something that was going to be on all of our minds, even if we are, you know, we need to focus on, basketball and still talk about that and everything but it, it it's a situation that you can't ignore and it really does put everything in into perspective when we get we get so caught up and will they or won't they make a trade uh, what mm-hmm. what numbers is, is lebron putting up tonight what's anthony davis's injury status currently when's he going to get back out on the floor and can they really make a playoff push and, all, it, and it all it all feels so trivial compared to a, a situation like this where you see someone who's, whose life is literally on the line so it's a it's a stark reminder that um, you know at the end of the day, what we do and what we're what you and I are both very privileged to, to do, at the end of the day it really is just about a, a game and there are things that are, are much much bigger than that. I think it really does throw it into perspective because we can and, and fans do the same thing get wrapped up and absorbed into into all of this and sometimes uh, you have to step back and realize that there's there's bigger things certainly than um, than just this. No, of course, of course, and. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's been on you know certainly everybody's mind, and it will continue to be, and hopefully, um, hopefully we get some good news at some point. Um, Trev, um, to kind of swing back to the Lakers, so I, I know for me, and I, I kind of set up uh, at least when Anthony Davis went down with his injury, um, it happened uh, in the first half against the Denver Nuggets. 
He does not play in the second half. Lakers find a way to win that game. And if you'd have told me by the time the Lakers got out of December and then played one game, that final of the five-game road trip that they were on, the Lakers would be 5-5 five and five without Anthony Davis. I'd have told you you were crazy, and I'd have told you that it's, it's really basically impossible for that to happen. I remember when the Lakers were getting ready to play Orlando, and this was after Dallas beat the Lakers on Christmas. If you remember, they had that, what, 50-point, 51-point third quarter or something along mm-hmm. those lines. I was telling Michael Thompson the pregame show, I'm like, Michael, I can't figure out how the Lakers are going to string together wins without Anthony Davis. I just don't see it happening. They're 5-5 five and five since he's been gone, and they went 3-2 and two on this road trip. How surprised are you that they have kept their head above water and they figured out a way to play 500 basketball without AD? Yeah, I'm definitely surprised. And that, you know, that 500 basketball is including a loss to the Hornets um, what, about a week and a half ago or so. And that would have been, you know, a winnable game for them, them as well. And you could have, could have looked at it and said, well, that maybe they shouldn't have lost that game. So they've, I mean, they've managed to tread water without Anthony Davis. And a lot of that is credit to, you know, LeBron and him taking his play to another level. He's averaging about 35 points over these last 10 games without Anthony Davis. He's been absolutely fantastic. His shooting percentages uh, from two have been tremendous. The three-point percentages have dropped just a little bit, but uh, but he's been absolutely fantastic. That's been a big part of this as LeBron's been going crazy, and that's helped the Lakers stay afloat here. And I think that's going to be really important for, for them as we you know get closer into trade season here and they figure out what they want to do. And hopefully Anthony Davis gets back sooner rather than later, and then they can kind of figure out where they want to go from here. But th- this at least keeps them in the hunt by going 500. If you can just continue to play 500 basketball until you get Anthony Davis back, that gives you an opportunity to maybe do something. Whereas if you really let this hit you and you start falling behind, we're seeing other teams like the Suns are going through that right now. They lose Devin Booker. They're sliding down in the standings fast. If you're the Lakers and you lose Anthony Davis and you can just continue to tread water, you at least give yourself an opportunity when AD does come back to do something and really make a push here. So this has been been critical for the Lakers. And you're right, Alan. I, I would not have predicted this when AD first went down. Well, what do you what do you think? Let let's say they're able to tread water, like you mentioned. Anthony Davis comes back. I mean, it's really kind of tough with AD to figure out. It's not even just Anthony Davis coming back, but it's also he left playing as good as basketball as anybody in the NBA. So again, it's not uh, it's not as simple as well. You got AD back, everything is fine. AD left and was putting up numbers, um, you know, over that thirty day span that you can compare to any other player in the league and say, hey, I take AD's numbers over Luka or Jokic or Giannis, and that's how good he was over that stretch. If if AD comes back and you know they're still in the mix here, they're still in the hunt. What well, what are the Lakers team? What what Bron's doing right now, and what we've already seen from Anthony Davis, if they are healthy. And I know I'm just trying to be optimistic here, and maybe I'm looking 30 days down the road. Um, am I crazy to say that I think there are a lot of teams that wouldn't want to face the Lakers if they did get to the postseason and they did get an opportunity to match up against, you know, one of these other teams that might be a little bit more experienced. I know that's really far down the line, but I'm looking at the standings. They're not out of the mix here. Um, Utah's down right now against uh, the Sacramento Kings. If Utah lost this game, they're in the 10th spot. The Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and the, and, uh, and the, and the Utah Jazz would all have 21 losses. Just curious to get your thoughts on what kind of team do you think the Lakers could be if AD and Braun are on the floor together and, and they are playing a stretch of games where they're healthy? Yeah, I think I think that this is exactly what we're seeing out of LeBron right now is exactly what tells you that they would be, even if they're in the 10th seed, they're the team that nobody would want to see, right? Because there were question marks coming in. Can LeBron at 37, now 38 years old, can he continue to play basketball at that that level where he's a top five, top 10 at worst player in the NBA. Well, over the last few weeks, we've seen the answer is yes. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's doing things that we've never seen anybody at his age do. And then the other question was, can Anthony Davis get back to that bubble version of himself? And the answer has been yes. Now, unfortunately, those two things haven't happened at the same time. But my goodness, Alan, if, if there is any chance that you can get that, get this current version of LeBron that we're seeing right now, and get the version of Anthony Davis that we saw before he went out due to injury. And I, I know it's a big if, but if they can stay healthy, that's two top 10, maybe top, two top five players 
hmm. that you're talking about lining up against come playoff time, that's, that's a pairing nobody would want to see in the playoffs. And then you can look at, can they make a trade, add some firepower, what, how can you make the pieces fit that they currently have on the roster, and all of that. But the bottom line is that if you get this version, the demigod version of LeBron and Anthony Davis, oh boy, that, that could be trouble come playoff time for just about anybody. Now, again, we haven't seen it happen concurrently with both yeah. of them playing at this level, but they've shown they can do it, and I think that's, that's so key and could make them scary again, big if they can stay healthy. Trev, does it, does it feel like um, things have got quiet on the trade front? And I'm not even talking about the Lakers. I feel like the entire NBA, it's uh, – and, and look, I know the trade deadline's February 9th. Um, it's more common that the closer you get to the trade deadline – is when you kind of start seeing a lot of that action. I mean, heck, the last 24 hours are usually uh, one of the more exciting days of the NBA just simply because you don't know where guys are moving, who's who are sellers, who are buyers, kind of looking at it from that perspective. But are you surprised? It, it, does it is it just me or does it feel like a lot of that chatter has quieted down these last maybe couple of weeks or so? Yeah, and I think part of that is is the holidays, right? I mean, executives and so they go on on holidays as well, and they're you know they're with their families and, and all that sort of stuff. So that can be fairly typical of this time of year. We've also heard in terms of the the prices, and this is not uh, abnormal, but the pricing in in December, what everybody was asking for was is sky high. I mean, the Rockets want a first round pick for Eric Gordon. San Antonio wants two firsts for Yaka Pertle. They want a first for for Josh Richardson. Right? I mean, everybody's asking for the moon in December. Prices come down a bit in January. So as people are coming back, now they're going to settle in and they're going to start to get a little bit further into discussions. It may take all the way up until the trade deadline on February 9th for something to get done. But this is the time of year when things start to become a little bit more real. And another piece to this is teams are also starting to get a sense of truly what they are and aren't. And that's when you look at teams like the Chicago Bulls, like the Charlotte Hornets, do they make some tough decisions in terms of do we do we decide to essentially blow it up? Do we decide to trade away some players, live to fight another day, get future assets? And that can put more players out there on the market. So this is the time of year when those kind of decisions are made as well. So it's not surprising that things have been kind of quiet because now everybody's going to really settle in and figure out, okay, well, here's where we're at. What do we want to try to build towards as we get to February 9th? It takes a long time for these discussions to play out. So I would be surprised if we didn't start to hear some murmurs coming out in the next week or so as we start to build up towards that February 9th trade deadline because this is the time of year for that. I'm not shocked that things went quiet for a little bit around the holidays. That's normal. Now I think we're going to start ramping back up. Uh, Trevor Lane, who covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation, does a fantastic job um, following all the platforms. He's uh, really great at uh, talking Lakers basketball. Trev, I, I know I don't want to sound like I just kind of turned the page on this one pretty quick, but I want to come back to it. Um, LeBron has, you know, I, I guess the best way to put it, and when I, when I was trying to look for an answer of why the Lakers are 5-5 five and five since Anthony Davis went out, it is because of LeBron James. Um, you know, just in the month of December – Braun was averaging 31-7-7 on 54% shooting, and those numbers were even higher, I think, that you said over the last 10 games without Anthony Davis, but just kind of gives you perspective of what he does or what he's been doing. Turned 38 on Friday, dropped 47-10-9. Yesterday against uh, Charlotte, 43-11-6. He's 38. And I can only, as best as I can, look at other players who were in their 20th season and what they were doing. And all those players were great and they were champions, but none of them were playing at this level the way LeBron is. Um, what I, I don't know if you thought, I think for me, I've been wrong a couple years in a row. I, I thought LeBron was going to start slowing down. I really did. And I know it's not ideal for him to see those kind of numbers because that means you know, most cases that means you're so dependent on somebody who's in their 20th year, which the Lakers are right now. And obviously that a lot of those numbers have happened with Anthony Davis, uh, not in the lineup. Um, what, what do you kind of take of what you're watching night in and night out of Braun? And does, does, does he still, does it still kind of surprise you what he's doing or is it just kind of expected even at age 38? Yeah, I mean, we keep predicting that he's going to start slowing down at some point, and he's he's yet to really do it. Um, he started off kind of slow this season, and, and people thought, okay, maybe this is this is it here. But now he's showing that that that's not the case. He's still got it. I mean, he's even added with the 
this like turnaround float shot driving along the baseline that he's now added You're into sprinting his away from the basket and turning around at the same time makes no sense yes it's it's unbelievable. Like if that's a horse shot, you just you just you take your letter. Like you're not making that, and he makes it look easy. It's it's unbelievable the stuff that he's pulling off right now. But I think what you mentioned there that speaks to the the bigger point is you don't. If you're the Lakers, okay, we've seen that he can do this. Now that's great. That box is checked. You know that he's not in his decline here. Now how do you get to where you don't have to make him do these things night in and night out? Because ultimately that probably will catch up to him. If you're asking LeBron to play 35, 40 minutes a night just in order to to scrape by, and that's kind of the the spot that they're in right now. So long term, I don't know how long he can keep going at this pace, or at least keep going at this pace and and be fresh for for the playoffs, or be at 100% for the playoffs. That's got to be a concern for the Lakers. Of course, they've got to still make that playoff push. But I mean, what we're seeing right now is absolutely incredible out of out of LeBron. And again, great to see him doing it, and great to to see that hey. Even even at his age, when you know nobody's been doing the things that he was doing at, at this age and this many years in the league, I mean he's he's a, a freak of nature. I don't know how he's pulling this off, but uh, he's showing he's still got it, and that gives that gives hope for when Anthony Davis comes back that um, that they can really do something. And again, if they can make the right kind of move on the on the trade front, and that's that's the other the final piece to this, Alan. This is what what I'm wondering about. This isn't just this is LeBron doing this because the Lakers need to win these games and this is important and they're you know they need to show that they can make a push here. But I also wonder how much of this is is him backing up his comments from the other day about how he still wants to contend. How much of this is mm. hey look I can still do it. Let's go get something done here and uh, and give me a shot. That's a good point. And, and you know I I know um, those comments were were loud. I, I know for me listening. Or doing the post game show, and when I heard those comments, it's like, whoa, um, yeah, and and I, and I liked it. You know, I loved every second of it. And he is, uh, like you said, he's a winner. It's not in his DNA to lose, and he wants to as as long as he possibly can compete for NBA championships. And just playing the game just to play it is not as in, in his interest. And oh, by the way, that's that's the Laker franchise in a nutshell. You you don't, um, I don't think there's a Laker fan out there. And that's including, you know, I, I guarantee you the front office and ownership, they all feel the same way, right? They, mm-hmm. The Lakers, you don't have 17 NBA championships by being okay with losing, um, but he did put that in. Uh, he certainly put that out there, and uh, if it has some motivation of what he said, let's just say that the man is backing it up. It's not just all talk. He's walking the walk as well. Um, Trev, a uh, couple things, and I just kind of want to get your thoughts on the Western Conference here for a quick second. So, Mm-hmm. Go look at the standings, and you got Denver, Memphis, and the Pelicans as your top three teams in the Western Conference. I'm just curious to get your thoughts. Are those three teams, do you believe, when the dust settles, um, or maybe is there one of those three teams, whatever the case is, um, is this just kind of the West right now that you have just so many teams? You have basically ten teams within six uh, games of 10th place or first place. I mean, you want to go a little bit further than that. Lakers, I think, are sitting at 13th, and they're eight games back of the number one seed in the West, which usually those numbers should be a lot higher. What do you make of the Western Conference? What teams do you think when the dust settles? And we'll keep the Lakers kind of out of this conversation. It's more just a curiosity of your thoughts on the West. When the dust settles, what teams do you think are, are really um, the teams to worry about? Yeah, I mean the the West is it's not as compact as it was say three weeks ago or so when I mean the Lakers were I think they were like five games back of the one seed or six games or or something like that. Now it's now it's eight, but still uh, the the West overall is still very compact. There's opportunities to move up or down. I do think uh, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. You can just look at point differential, which can can give you an idea as the season goes on of just overall quality. Those are the two teams that have the best positive point differential in the Western Conference, both at, at just over four points uh, in, on average. So those teams, I think, have separated themselves. The Denver Nuggets, of course, are right there with two-time reigning MVP Nikola Jokic. So I do think those three are probably the teams that are in a, a tier of their own uh, at the top of the West currently. Uh, but that said, the Phoenix Suns were there not that long ago, and now they've dropped all the way to eight. But again, it's so compact that allows yeah. you to, that allows for a lot of movement. 
I think a lot of this is going to come down to there's going to be a lot of jockeying over the course of the season. There's going to be a lot of teams, you know, moving around within that group. We'll see teams move to second and move down to fifth and bounce all over the place. But ultimately, this conference is going to be wide open and it's going to come down not so much to who finished as the one seed. It's going to be who's playing their best basketball come playoff time because I don't think there's any team that you're looking at right here Despite how good some of these teams have been, there's no team that you're saying this is it. This is the dominant team. Everybody Watch has to out go for them, them to yeah. get out of the West. Exactly, it's wide open. It's all going to be about who's playing the best come playoff time. That's what's going to matter in the Western Conference this year. Trev, final one. Uh, Brooklyn's won 12 games in a row. You, you buying the Brooklyn Nets, or uh, or are you not? They're a half game, I want to say, at a first place in the Eastern Conference. Now Boston got work today. Um, are you buying uh, the Brooklyn Nets or no? I mean, yeah, you, you look at it. Look, they, they have beat up on some of the, the lower quality. I mean, you've got a win over the Detroit, the Detroit Pistons. You've got the Washington Wizards, right? I mean, they've, they've got some easier wins, the Hornets in there and, and teams like that, San Antonio. Yeah, you actually have two games against Charlotte. So it's not like they're beating the juggernauts every single night, but they did take on Milwaukee and win. They beat Cleveland. I, I think this team is for real. I mean, talent-wise, They've got it. Like, they've got plenty of talent on this team. That was never the question. It was always, can you make this all come together? I think they've stumbled upon things with Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Ben Simmons is starting to come around and make things work. T.J. Warren is making a difference for them off the bench. And uh, and you've got some unsung guys. You don't want Watanabe is is doing some things, shooting the ball for them. So this this is a team that I think is finally living up to the talent that's on their roster. I don't, I don't think they're just going to go on this win streak for the, the rest of the season. I'm sure there's going to be bumps in the road, but they've got the talent to come out of the East potentially if they can keep this kind of chemistry up for the next few months. And, and uh, that's always the question with them, though. You never know how far they're going to be from the next next blow-up or next situation. So we'll see. But they, they certainly have the talent to continue playing like this. So I, I do think it's it's for real, assuming they can stay uh, steer clear of the drama. Trev, thank you, buddy. Uh, appreciate you coming on the uh, show. Thank you for always uh, offering your insight and uh, look forward to doing it again soon, bud. Hey, sounds great, Alan. we got to get you over on uh, the Lakers Nation show. Uh, yes, real sir. Soon. Yes, sir. We'll do it. Uh, that's Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Um, always appreciate him joining the show. Got final thoughts. Got a couple uh, NBA stories that I want to uh, at least give my thoughts on, and we'll uh, do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN. All right, Lakers uh, got a game, a game coming up tomorrow against the um, against the Miami Heat. So just a reminder here, uh, Lakers played Miami. This was a few nights ago and uh, lost that game last week to uh, Miami. Lost by, I want to say, 12. So a chance here to obviously uh, try to come back against uh, the Miami Heat. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned this. I'm going to mention it real quick. Um I talked a little bit about with Trevor Lane. So a lot of the chatter that was around a trade and will the Lakers make a deal? And you guys remember this, uh, wait till Thanksgiving. And then it was, you know, kick the ball further down the road, uh, kick the can further down the road. And it was, all right, well, how about December 15th when all players are available? Really nothing's happening. And I I haven't really kind of heard much of a conversation at all when it comes to, um, when it comes to, uh, uh, some of those rumors and some of the trade. I, I don't know what it ultimately means. Maybe that changes closer to the NBA trade deadline, which makes sense. February 9th is the NBA trade deadline, and that's always a huge conversation. It's actually one of the funner times of the year around the NBA. And for the Lakers, I, I think there is going to be a kind of wait and see. Where are they in the standings? When does Anthony Davis come back? What type of level is Anthony Davis playing at when he does return? Um, is LeBron able to sustain what he's been doing here over this course, which has obviously been unbelievable and ridiculous what he's been able to do. So with all this in mind, we'll see how it eventually affects the Lakers down the road. I do have a little update for tomorrow. There's uh, uh, We got a status report on the Lakers. Russ, probable. Um, if he left the game yesterday... Uh, left the game early yesterday, didn't play in the second half, left foot soreness. I know LeBron and Lonnie Walker are both questionable, so we'll see if both of them play. A couple things uh, around the NBA that I just want to hit on real quick. So 
yesterday, um, Donovan Mitchell, and just incredible, um, was playing in an overtime game against the Chicago Bulls and uh, found a way to send the game in overtime by throwing the ball basically off the rim in the glass, grabbing his own miss when they were down two and he only had one free throw left. Dropped 71 points. 71 points. Donovan Mitchell scored yesterday in an overtime game. That was a meaningful game. When I say meaningful, um, it makes me think of Devin Booker. I'm not trying to take anything away, but they're getting blown out by the Boston Celtics when you put up that 70. This was a game where you needed every point. Kobe, when he put up the 81, uh, Kobe, Lakers needed that game against Toronto. They were at, at one point down double digits, so he's kind of coming back. Um, but it's the most scored, most points scored by any NBA player since Kobe's 81. Uh, just absolutely incredible what he was able to accomplish and able to do 22 of 34 from the field, hit seven threes, um, scored 13 points in overtime. Just, uh, that's just kind of crazy. And I, I want to bring that up because that is such a feat. And for us to be talking about that, we might not be talking about that again for another 10 years or so. So Donovan Mitchell puts up 71 points. I mentioned this to, uh, Trev, uh, talking about the NBA standings, yeah, it, it, it's 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 kind of comical to watch the West, even the Eastern Conference as well. But I'll, I'll just stay on the West here. Um, Denver's a good team. Do do they scare you? No. Uh, Memphis is a good team. Do they scare you? I would say they're inexperienced, and maybe that inexperience might help them in a playoff series, right? Where they just don't even know what they don't know, and that that's what can make them dangerous. The Pelicans. Got off to a great, you know, start to the season. I think Zion's about to miss three to four weeks, so that's obviously um, that's going to hurt them tremendously. At least over this run, uh, out at least three weeks with a hamstring strain for Zion. So we're going to see what that does to them in the standings. Uh, Dallas is definitely not a team that scares, uh, I think, me or most teams in the NBA. But they've won seven games in a row. Clippers are always back and forth. They went on a, I think they've lost four of their last six games. They haven't looked good. They've lost three in a row. Phoenix without Devin Booker is a 500 team below 500. So it's kind of crazy to watch the NBA right now. The Golden State Warriors are really the actually team starting to make, they're playing in nail biters every night, but they're winning games and they're doing it without Steph Curry. That's the team that I always look at and it's like, all right, they're going to eventually get back on track. But the West is exciting. It's fun to see what's happening in the Lakers, 16 and 21, five games below 500, but still in the mix. Um, quick shout out here. Uh, thank you to uh, Michael Funches, Laura Romo, uh, Chris Morales, Mario Ruiz. Um, LA, I'll be back on tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Travis Rogers. Miss any part of the show, go to the ESPN LA podcast. Thank you for being part of the show. And LA, hope, hope you guys have a great night.